to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. And we are starting a new one this week as one Keith Swetland got to pick. And Keith, what movies are we going to be reviewing? Oh, it's a lovely series. The the, the Blair Witch series, the Blair Witch trilogy. That's right. <laughs> as this week, we're starting with the original one, The Blair Witch Project. I'm your host, Joseph Lusso. I'm alongside here with Ricky Monticelli. Keith, I want to thank you that at least your first dive into my least favorite genre of movies was scary was an absolutely not scary movie. <laughs> and, <Harsh> next, <laughs> and the man that picked this movie and also the one that will get lost first, Keith Swetland. <laughs> oh, I was, think, I, was, I, was, I was wondering if you were going to call me Josh. I was about to say, is he a Josh or is he a Mike? Is he the (laughs) idiot that kicks the map into the river because he thinks it's worthless just because he can't read it? Um, (laughs) Yes and no. He's a mix. That's why he is a Keith. This movie always... So this this series inspires some really good Dungeons & Dragons. And one of the main rules in Dungeons & Dragons is the IFM rule. It's it's fucking magic. No. (laughs) So so you can explain away... And I, I I like to do that with this movie. Is that oh shit, the Blair Witch must have did that. <laughs> yeah, but that can only go so far in points. Yeah, no, it, it was the witch. So the witch made them decide to do really stupid things. Yep, that's it. I could. Um, where is it? This movie was is directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. Um. They really didn't do anything after. However, they did a lot of those um, uh, movies, like The Curse of the Blair Witch, basically because of how big and phenomenal the phenomenon of this movie happened. They decided to make behind the scenes, the real, true, real story type of The Blair Witch, because that's how popular this movie got. Um, The It stars... Um, just three actors, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard. Their characters are Heather, Mike, and Josh. So it's pretty simple. It's one of those, like, we found the found footage. I think it's like the first one that started this craze. What do you, before we get into it, what did you guys remember about? the Blair Witch Project when it initially came out? I remember it. I think I watched it at a sleepover. <laughs> and I remember when this came out, like at the, I was never really, I was whatever, 12, I guess. So I didn't really care much about the internet. Mm-hmm. And that was, this was sort of like one of the first like viral internet campaigns. And I guess people were stupid in 1999 because a lot of people thought it was real. A lot of people did. That was like the whole thing about this movie is that people thought it was real. I mean, people are stupid now, I guess, to believe lots of other things. But I guess things rotate. It's just a different style of stupid. But I remember it seemed cool. That was. It seemed like, oh, man, I got to see that. That looks that looks neat. That looks crazy. So it seemed like mysterious. And that was back in the early days. My parents wouldn't ever let me watch R-rated movies. Mm-hmm. And this this was one of those early R-rated movies because they say fuck probably a hundred times in it. <laughs> okay, is that why it got the R rating? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> there really wasn't much like to it to get an R rating. Mm-hmm. 
just them yelling fuck all the time yeah. and i'm like now that now, now that we're starting up this episode i'm terrified to get further into it because i picked a genre you guys don't like and probably a subgenre of that genre you probably don't like i love found footage horror movies and i love horror movies and this was like the the the, the pioneering trailblazing like found footage movie go it's like on all sorts of top horror lists you'll see and I'm I'm afraid that this movie is about to get shit on by you two, and I'm really sad. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I hate horror. I just like prefer like psychological thrillers that are yeah. closer to the horror thing than like pure horror. Because like I get caught up in movies like these too much, where I'm just like the whole like so much of the basis of the movie and why things are bad and why things are scarier is just like pure stupid decisions of the cast. So like I spend too much of the movie going like none of this would be happening if you just hadn't done this and it's just like those type of stupid moments just always pull me out of these type of movies that's why i never got into that like whole killing of the teens <laughs> like uh, i know what you did last summer scream those type of things because it's always just so don't make the stupid decision and we're not even in this situation yeah, it's like the, the old slash rule of like don't be horny yeah. <laughs> otherwise you yeah. will get killed <laughs> Um, for me, as I remember seeing this on, like, I don't know why, but I I remember it was like a Friday afternoon around like a two, two, two to three, because I remember watching it and the hype of, you know, it being super scary or the real this, that. So I'm like, I would rather watch this movie in daylight. <laughs> um, I'm also not that big of a horror film. However, I like I love the Halloween movies. I just think for me, horror the horror genre, it really depends on what type of horror. You know, is it psychological? I can do that. The but if it's the blood and guts, depending on how much blood and guts there are. You know, like the Saw movies when people get their limbs ripped apart. I'm like, that's a bit much. <laughs> See, those are the ones I actually go towards is the psychological, like, I don't, yeah. like, gore is fine. Like, I've, I've never been affected by gore. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it is what it is. I was gross, more grossed out by our more recently mo watched movie Black Widow with just breaking limbs than I am typically with gore. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, this is the first time I've ever watched this movie. I was, oh. like, I've never been, been the horror fan. So I've never, never seen this movie. This is the first time. I mean... I feel as though I completely knew the movie after finishing it because, <laughs> I mean, it, this is an iconic film, especially for our generation. Like, this movie came... I think that's why it's, like, to us, so ingrained in us, just because when it got released is when it would be the most scary to people of our age. So I think that's why it worked. Like, talking to my wife, who had watched this movie when it came out she's like yeah i saw it in middle school and she was like hyping it up as i was starting the movie she's like this is the most terrifying movie i've ever seen it made me stop watching horror movies because of how scary it was <laughs> you yeah. know it's like i think you need like the right kind of brain like brain chemistry to get scared by these movies and i, <laughs> I can like i think with these style of movies you're talking about like more psychological horror i think this is like psychological horror because you i can like make myself get in the right mindset to be scared by this because these are just like these are like dumb silly pretentious like film students going out into the woods like they're not very good at it 
And then all of a sudden, like each night progressively worse stuff happens to them. And I'm like the, that, like progression of the doom and gloom. I loved it. I just like the, like to me, like the thing that makes scary movies scary is like the threat. And the threat just never felt all that threatening. It's like, <laughs> I'm threatening you with art. <laughs> and then um, by scratching your tent. Yeah. Stacking rocks. <laughs> yeah, art. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think that I like to trust. It's it's probably part of just my head canon. That's how powerful the Blair Witch is. But like they traveled south all day and ended up in the same spot. It's not as cool to me if they're just stupid and can't navigate, but I like the idea that like they were in- enchanted. That's how I look at it, and it kind of spooks me. <laughs> See, that I could buy. Like I can understand that. Like, all right, so the witch was just either fucking with the compass or something like that. That I could understand. Like I can get that part, but like, and this was my biggest complaint mm. about the movie. But we should probably wait before we get into those. Oh yeah, because boys and girls, it's time to gather round. And hear the plot for the Blair Witch Project. Three film students, I think on Heather's like dissertation or just some project. I don't think they went too deep into what the project was. It was just Heather's project. Are going Mm -hmm. into the woods in Pennsylvania. Is that where this was? Maryland. Maryland, that's right. Into the woods of Maryland to study a horror story from the woods. The Blair Witch. They talk to the local townsfolk, build up the story. And as they go into the woods, more and more things continue to go awry. As it seems, they've pissed off the Blair Witch. And as nights go by, they become more and more shell-shocked and asleep as they will not be allowed to sleep as things continue to go awry for our three protagonists. Will they get out alive or will they find a spooky house in the woods where they all die? Who knows? But let's find out with the Blair Witch Project. And there's all sorts of fun fan theories. Are they all protagonists? bum Oh, you think one of them, like Josh, is the murderer? There's a fun, there's a pretty sound, there's a pretty tight theory that Josh did it. (laughs) Oh, yeah? And that he snapped and went crazy? Yeah, yeah, that's because there is no wish. There's nothing supernatural. Josh just lost his mind, left the camp. They go looking for him. They they end up in a house and he like beats him over the head with a rock or something. (laughs) But then why was Mike standing in the corner? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's a fan theory. <laughs> fan theory, brother. But that also doesn't explain who was doing the rocks and who made the really creepy witch things in the woods. Josh. <laughs> I don't know. In what I, time did I, Josh I, do these things? I'm not saying so I'm, not, I'm really, not back in this theory. <laughs> so I have the real information of of who did all that stuff. But for uh, per, for um, promotional campaign, what they did is they did missing signs for yeah. all three actors. We're still cool. <laughs> so this movie actually, um, so it takes came out in, in uh, July sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine. However, the movie says it takes place in like nineteen ninety four. Um, it t- got started pr- filming in nineteen ninety seven, 
and the directors of the movie are actually the writers of the movie that they started this in uh, in 93. They're uh, writing the 35 page screenplay. Um, watching this movie this time around, I gotta be honest, it wasn't scary one damn bit. <laughs> like I even went, I Keith, I'll do one of your favorite bits is asking like how I watched the movie. Like I went like if we're gonna do this, doing this fantastic podcast of ours here on NoSellEntertainment.com, which has been fully updated and has a beautiful look to it. You should go check it out. I'm gonna go full in. I turned off the lights, I was in the dark, I was fully prepped. I was like, all right, I'm gonna get in the mind frame. And really, I was just bored for like <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah, for like 60 to 70 minutes. And even the last 10 minutes, I was just like, oh, OK, the movie's over. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, yeah, they got lost. Now they're dead. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, have you seen have you guys watched Paranormal Activity 1? Yes. And that's, that's like, what, what I was going to compare yeah. it to. That's like the other it's one of the other famous found footage horror movies and it's sort mm -hmm. of 90 minutes of nothing happening and then like a little thing happens at the end every night it <laughs> proceeds to get a little you know night mm -hmm. one um like what like night one rocks night two is the tent shaking night three josh is missing and then that's it you know and then the finale and the like every and sticks and, and stones so they were and, they were in the woods for four or five days before they died they were supposed. I think it sounded like I thought it was only supposed to be like a weekend because they're complaining. That was about the original they, plan, but yeah. I think we saw them sleep for four to five days. Yeah, that sounds around right. that. Yeah. Um, the, the movie though it only took eight days to shoot. I'm surprised it took that long. But eight months to edit uh, all the video. That doesn't wow. surprise me. I'm sure they had yeah. a lot of footage that they wanted twenty to hours together. Damn. Yeah, so, and uh, stop. Uh, sorry if I'm stealing some of your uh, lore master thunder here, but that 35 that, <laughs> that uh, thirty-five page script they wrote, they essentially just tossed these three actors out into the woods with cameras and told them to improvise. Yep. So the, the directors would just like hang around on the perimeter and like not yep. tell them what to do. <laughs> they would have walkie-talkies on them so they could just tell the character, the actors to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to tell the actors to like stay on target because sometimes they got lost in the woods like three times. So they just <laughs> wanted to make sure that they were in their area of shooting. Um, so here, here, so the here's some fun facts. The all the actors at one point thought that the Blair Witch was real because when they would talk to the mate, the city folk, and they would tell them all about the legend, legend, they believed it. <laughs> well, fun fact that the town folk were really just plants that the actors got to just be like, hey, tell these fake stories and to razzle the three characters. Man, the directors kind of sound like dicks. <laughs> yeah, they'd probably get <laughs> that. That's like a borderline like harassment kind of workplace. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Although art people are weird, they they love that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, well, like, and and like another thing, all three actors stayed in character the entire movie, eight days. But 
if one character had to break character, everybody else had to break character. So you couldn't just be like two thirds of the group portraying their character from the movie. It's um, nope. And their safe word was taco. That's right. <laughs> That's great. See, I loved. I thought they. I thought the scenes in the town were some of my favorite in the movie. I loved that part when she was like doing her like ridiculous like film student monologue up on top of the hillside with the gravestones. The history is etched in stone. <laughs> that part I loved it. And then they go around and interviewed all the townsfolk. Most of them were, yeah, they were pretty like. I like the stories they told. They didn't like. They did a good job of not seeming like actors because they were all kind of just like awkward and funny looking, just like normal yeah. people are. <laughs> like the townsfolk bit was great. I thought the whole like, obviously it's hard to look at it from a lens of knowing, like of not knowing if it's real or not. But, like there's just so many parts of this. I'm like, why did people ever think this was real? Granted, 1999, very <laughs> different time. And like, you don't you're not as exposed to the internet and jaded and stuff so like it i guess it could have been easier to buy into it and again especially for the our generation we were younger it's easier to kind of like suspend the disbelief and buy into such things like even from the beginning like just watching i'm like why did why did people ever think this was real like there's just so many things clearly like actorish about it <laughs> and it's and i'm uh I, I found myself being extremely forgiving of the world building in this because my like favorite horror thing one of them is like haunted woods with witch stuff so like that stuff always gets me i love it, it always goes creeps me out it always makes me interested so then like i was just soaking it up like all the little stories of the like the whatever the, the witch in the woods and the kids dying in the house like mm. I, I, I love that stuff I agree. Like the, to be honest, the first ten to fifteen minutes and the final ten to fifteen minutes. If you cut this down to like a half hour movie, where I didn't have to spend forty five minutes of watching nothing in the woods, <laughs> um, would be great because the build is fantastic. Like they set the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm still very confused. Of like, is the Blair Witch the dude who is murdering the kids in the woods? Or is it a dude that's like possessed by the Blair Witch or something? <laughs> okay, because like that's where I think it's that one. Yeah, like I didn't really get the iconic scene at the end where we see Mike standing in the corner. Till I was talking to my wife about it after, she's like, "No, it's like the murderer guy. He would always stick one kid in the corner when he was going to kill the other one because he didn't want them watching." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." The uh, the killer for the movie would be. He didn't want their eyes watching as he killed the other person, so he put him in the corner and sand him in the corner. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll get to it later. But one of my favorite spooky things in this movie was that house. That house was terrifying. <laughs> like the handprints on the wall, just like the, it was like all broken down. And where the hell did it come from? Why is there a house there? Well, we can talk about it now, Keith. We don't need to yeah, wait. Well, remember, we don't do that weird. We have to run through the movie part. This is free form. We're free flowing. Yeah. We're a Blair Witch in the Woods. We'll murder whenever we want to. We yeah, don't need but, to wait for nightfall. Yeah, I can. The, my it's probably silly and wrong, but my like my headcanon about how powerful the Blair Witch is is that the Blair Witch is able to like manipulate the landscape to where they, like when you're, you're, you're trying to make this movie better, Keith. You're really you're, you're really pushing. stretching here, buddy. Yeah, 
that's why I love it is it works <laughs> in my for head. you yeah yeah, the witch moves to land and they walk south for a day and they end up in the same spot. It's terrifying. Terrifying. I think it'd be it, easier to just say the Blair Witch was able to fuck with their compass. Nope. <laughs> nope. The actress, uh, the actress that played who was Heather was hyperventilating during the final uh scene because it wow. scared the crap out of her. <laughs> I mean, her screaming, like that high pitched squeal. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so that was a lot yeah <laughs> they were into it i liked heather oh I'll people it, the, the acting was good in this like yeah. they i could not complain about them they were great for the roles they were playing oh and uh, i like josh was like the douchey hippie guy yeah. <laughs> he was so he was so good uh well people didn't like heather because she had she got death threats and stuff after this movie <laughs> so I mean, she had to retire for retire from acting she is the reason they all died. Yeah, she got a lot of backlash from her role. Like because from the people who thought it was real or just because like she's a woman in a movie? Because that usually happens, too. People have thought it was real and how they didn't, they didn't okay. like her. Okay, so first of all, I mean, that's like another level of dumb for these people then. So you think it's real, but you also understand that she is still alive? <laughs> and yeah. Dead yeah. Dead what you're sending this alive woman a letter (laughs) god people are so dumb like i can't even be like well maybe joe got the story no i fully believe like people somehow are so disconnected from reality that these characters that died and yet she is still somehow a real person that is alive do you ever like read do you ever read the comment sections on ign articles (laughs) that's kind of that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> Number one rule of the internet is stay out of the comments. Oh, I I, I like oh. to jump in and swim in, and I love them. <laughs> I, I put my radiation uh, yep. suit on and I dive in. Oh yeah, I love I it. So in the- one someone who is a fully believing that people should have to attach their real name to things on the internet, so people stop acting like such fake t- tough people behind fake usernames. Oh yeah, people are very tough on IGN comment sections. <laughs> Thank you, Ron Swanson. Oh. Uh, in the initial draft, Josh was intended to be a strong romantic interest in Heather. Oh, that, that in in several of the scenes, instructions given to the actor of on the callback audition, they would be instructed that Josh take note of how attractive Heather was. However, it was dejected. Um, he should be that seemed obvious to this, um, but they didn't. They scrapped it as for the fear movie would be to become too cliche. Yeah, that would have been weird. Like my complaints of the boringness aside, like I was in the movie, like I was hooked in. It just there wasn't enough. I needed, I needed more build to the spooky. I needed, I just needed something more to hook me in than what we got. And I understand it's still like the early nineties, and if they put like CG stuff in, it'd been worse. So like, I guess I'm complaining about stuff I couldn't really get at the time. Yeah. But like maybe like chat like just small things that like you would have had to really look for. I think I would have enjoyed more like an image passing with all the darkness, like just something running by that you can't really see to like give me more of that. Like I needed more spook factor to really hook me in. Like I needed more than just like ran random sounds in the woods and then scratchings on the tent that they sprint away from, which was a hilarious scene, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. I wish they, although I wish maybe like 
three percent more. Like I don't if they would have gone like five percent, I think it would have been too much. Like okay, whatever. But yeah, I don't yeah, need just, like a full like horror yeah. movie. Like I just needed like the whole thing with like the twig. What by the way was in that twig bundle? Like at first I thought it was a tongue, but was it teeth? It was oh. teeth. It was okay. teeth that the that the director got from his dentist. Oh, that's clever. That's I think <laughs> illegal. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but like. Cause that's when I, when I got hooked in, like with that thing and like her just completely mentally breaking down, but like being smart enough not to tell Mike, because like that would have completely shattered him. Like I needed more, like that's the psychological thriller stuff I needed. Like I needed more of that. Just like epic mind fuckery. Yeah. Go ahead, Keith. Okay. I was going to say, I'm a huge HP Lovecraft fan. And I think that this, movie it probably could have borrowed more some lovecraft stuff like because the 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 enemy it is sort of a lovecraftian kind of build up like it's this ancient horror that they don't really understand that is doing things they don't understand to them but in the lovecraft stories there's usually like it, they, there's a few more tells there's a little bit more there's a little bit kind of like what you're saying there's the three percent more stuff they're showing they're still not showing much but there's like like there needs to be more of a sense that they are truly out of control and the power they're dealing with is like big and greater than them. And they never, ever stood a chance. Like, yeah. I, think, I agree. Mm. I agree to that. I also could but, use like a strong man, like role in the movie, like someone who like was keeping their like head level through the entire thing. Cause like they were all breaking down very similarly like, within like two days, within yeah. two days, like I'm done. I'm like, out, I, you know? They're a I bunch needed, of city boys. <laughs> I needed someone who was like, which, by the way, another part that fucking pisses me off because they're like, well, they just easily got lost in the woods. But like, she says how one of her favorite things to do every weekend is to go in the woods hiking. It's like, <laughs> what? So you love to go hiking, but have in no way, shape, or form any idea what you're doing? Like, that was kind of breaking. Like, like yeah, don't it, don't put those things in there. That's gonna break your film. Like yeah, that's that's that. It's so annoying when stuff like that happens. That was the best map they could get, <laughs> right? Like they got their map, they lose the map after like day two, and then they're like, "We're lost," and they're like, "No, we stop filming, stop filming, stop filming." No, no. If we go this way, we're gonna go. No, we already went this way. Did we? I don't know. Yes. By the way, notes to listeners. If you're ever lost in the woods and come across a body of water, follow the body of water out. <laughs> Bodies of water always lead to civilization. Follow the body of water. Yeah. They uh, also keep okay, the reason. We're going to go back to the earlier <laughs> about why this movie's rated ours because they say fuck 154 times. That's funny. Which now is just like a normal TV a normal, drama on like yeah. Netflix or HBO Max. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like, you, you know, the comparison to the later movie of the paranormal activity, it's like we get there, nothing happens. They hear, uh, they see piles of rocks stacked up. Ooh, this is weird. Night two, they hear voices. Night three, tents shaking. Uh, then they find, uh, I think, was it Josh had goo all over his stuff? Oh, yeah, the yes. slime. Like, so he got, he got slimed. They were coming after Josh. Like, it seems like Josh was the person they were coming after. And then 
just because the other two went after Josh, they came for them. But they were coming for Josh because Josh knocked over the rock pile, right? Yeah, yes. Like, that's kind of, like, what we're establishing was going on. He hit over some rocks, and then the rich is like, I'm going to get this bitch. <laughs> and, like, the rocks were, like, a signifier for, like, the dead children, correct? Because mm-hmm. there's as many rock piles as dead children from the story that was being told oh, in the town. Se- yeah, they found seven of them. I think that was yeah. not it. Yeah. Um, on, on, also, an early idea was to have the the fisherman or his son-in-law from the people that was being interviewed in the beginning of the movie uh, have been pranking the main characters the entire time. But that was rejected because it would be too Dude. similar to Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be... <laughs> like, And also, like the way they established those two characters would be very out of character for like these tough and grumble like woodsy people to be yeah. playing like weird pranks being like Hee-hee-hee-hee. yeah that'd be a dumb twist is that that'd that yeah. like that'd kill the it make the, the other the next two movies impossible <laughs> so one of the funny things is so during filming is so one like the more memorable scenes is when the when they hear voices outside their tent and all of a sudden the camera shakes and then you like they freak out and they run off and they're running and they're running. And then Heather goes like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Right? Well, the cameraman, AKA whoever had the camera was supposed to pan left because what was going to happen was there was going to be like someone dressed all in white and you're supposed to see a glimpse of them. Oh, that however, good. however, the person panned right. <laughs> that's so funny yeah rick that's the stuff you and i were talking about with the like the two or three percent more spook factor that, that probably been, yeah. that would have worked but where i think i needed my spook would have been more build up like more mm-hmm. before they knew what was going on like i i would i needed smaller things in the build up to like only the audience could see yeah that like to signify like oh all these people are fucked they should have found some of that writing maybe that was inscribed on the corpse faces of the coffin rock. That would have been a good thing. Like just like find some weird, some weird characters written on a rock or something. Um, or just like things to show like they were like how far off they were like dropping down, like maybe show that the uh, compass was like spinning, but like for some reason they weren't seeing it. Yeah. So like just things just like, kind of show the witch's power without like being too over the top with mm. it. Like you just like yeah. smaller, like work, like psychological breaking things to really show like how off the deep end these folks were. It That for that, for what you just said there, that is for the actors because, you know, it's like uh, one of the things I found is um, Heather and Mike were unaware that Josh was going to disappear the, near the end of the shoot. Um, initially Mike was supposed to be the one to do that. <laughs> However, the director left a note for, uh, Josh instructing him to wait for the others to fall asleep and then leave the tent. They had to wait 45 minutes before calling him out, um, telling him that, Hey, you're dead. And Josh was like, I'm cool with that because he had a Jane's addiction concert that he wanted to go to. <laughs> that's, that's what a 90s. 90s reference. <laughs> Damn, I got to right. make my Jane's addiction concert. <laughs> go um, play some Pogs later. <laughs> so, yeah, also, there's going to be a, someone dressed, uh, in, dressed in all white with a ski mask, and that was going to be... Um, oh, I'm glad they didn't show then that. Yeah, that a ski been... mask? That would have been bad. But no, Josh was the one filming it. 
Um, <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Uh, the director also had initially had some sort of a shocking ending in mind, but they ran out of money. They sold on the one they used in the final film where Heather finds Mike standing in the corner and then gets hit by something off camera. Although the ending frightened the test audiences, they also found it confusing. So the studio gave the directors additional budget to shoot a f- few alternative endings, uh, including Mike being hung from a noose, having him crucified to a large stick figure, and appearing with a bloody chest. Uh, stick figures were uh, themselves were being experimented uh, experimented with at, with as decoration in the final scene. In the end, the director was actually pretty happy with the original one, so they shot the additional scene where it was explained that um, Rustin Parr forced one of the kid. I think that was the killer. Forced one of the kids to stand in the corner while killing the other. So okay, we so they they went back and added that. Yeah. In. All right. Yeah. So. They, uh, I like the subtle ending one of it's one of the things of it, you know, the ending was kind of like a throwaway line of, well, not really, but you know, the detail of like, you know, the killer would have one person in the corner and then, you know, the other one would get killed. Did any of you guys expect that to be the ending? Uh, like the no. one, the, the one they showed or the, like, yeah, yeah. The, the one? one they showed of when Heather walks in the room and Mike's in the corner. Did you when when you first if you can remember when you first watched it did you think that was the ending? Oh. Like well that they gave they gave the ending away in the beginning of the movie, but did you expect that to be the ending? I remember the or movie. Do you think they got like, out? The movie felt like such a roller coaster. You like didn't have time to process it. it was like oh okay, all of a sudden oh my god, there it is. So like mm-hmm. I remember when I first saw it. It I mean I was young, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, what I could have used it. in the ending, and it's like kind of became a cliche for a lot of this, but like would have been a great establishment, would have been like newsreels after the movie, kind of like showing them going into the woods, like finding the footage and being like, these three people are gone. We have no fucking idea what happened. Or like <laughs> say, like, we just came across the cameras in the woods. I mean, like, what do you mean you came across them in the woods? They were in this house. Would like again, just like there could have been like these added subtle touches that would have taken it like another step forward. Yeah. I I seen where they just like find a couple tapes out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. No, that's what they, they, I'm sorry, Keith. I'm saying that's what they kind of did with. So they did a separate documentary style called the curse of the blur, Witch, produced by the same directors. And it was, uh, what is it? Two weeks before Blur Witch was released in theaters, by it was uh, put on the Sci-Fi Network. Mm. Classic. So I'd they like to it watch was, that. <laughs> so it was, it was it was a documentary featuring interviews with various experts on local folk, folklore, our local history, townspeople, scientists, academics, and law enforcement, all who were all actors. But it was just them. It's it was a movie trying to help pub the found footage movie yeah i'd like to watch that because the i i actually really enjoyed the third movie and i think this that would like really flesh it out so i i i'm i'm gonna watch that on my own <laughs> you, can really probably find, you can probably find it on youtube oh yeah that'd be, that'd be when you find. watch it like let us know how like if it really plays into it well enough because then i might give it a try too all right yeah because there's some 
the the later on the the, the world building gets a little wackier as, as these movies go <laughs> yeah well yeah um but yeah this for me it, like i said it, this movie wasn't scary like I don't, it's, I don't know. It's just that from the 1999, because I remember a lot of people like, hey, you need to watch this movie because <laughs> it is like scary as hell. And then at the time, yeah. it was a big deal. You know, it's word of mouth in this time, you know, for this type of movie. This is how this movie got popular is because of word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, and, this was like, Keith, you were saying how and I mean, it might've been part of the advertising just cause it had that viral advertising that all you heard about was, man, people like this could be real. Like, I think this was real. And it, people were talking about like, how could they release this if it was real? That's crazy. So like, I think a lot of it plays into the marketing. They just did a fantastic job of marketing it. Something you couldn't get away with nowadays, to be honest. It's like, it got to 12 year old me to probably, I think when I watched it, I probably, it probably like, wasn't that scary, but I was just like, so excited to be watching it. Yeah. <laughs> the, it was the, like, the thrill, the, yeah. the not the, the, the fear factor, like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I'm finally watching it. Uh, do you guys want to take a guess what the most expensive scene was? I'm going to guess the town, walking around the town. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's about the only thing that makes sense. Nope. Uh, the, <laughs> the most expensive scene is around twenty-four minutes into the movie when the scene is when them all sitting around the campfire, and the production team had to get the rights for Josh to sing the Gilligan's Island theme song. Oh, oh that's yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That's clever. <laughs> hey, did you get? So I remember a thing with. Uh, found footage movies is there's always like, I remember in the, in the paranormal activity ad campaign, they talked about people like fainting and puking in the theater and that stuff. And I'm wondering, is there, there's like a, I always think there's like a cool, like motion sickness effect to these movies. And I'm wondering, I think that like adds to the atmosphere of it is that you're like already kind of uncomfortable watching it. See, I didn't get that with this Mm -hmm. film. Cause like, Again, my wife had told me, like, yeah, this movie just made me sick because of all the shaking. And I think it's just because because of this movie, that's become such a filming technique. Like, in the Bourne movies, like, that made me sick with, like, how much shaking that camera had at times. Um, Black Widow had a lot of that effect. Like, it's become a very action trope mm-hmm. to have, like, this super shaking camera to where I guess I'm so used to it now. I didn't feel that effect while watching it. Yeah, and this movie, like, is they do a better job because I watch a lot. Of, I'll just like surf Amazon Prime and look for dumb horror movies, and I stumble upon a lot of found footage movies. So I watch a ton of this crap. Yeah, <laughs> and th- this one just this one's shot like it's it, it looks it looks. I mean, I, ironic to say because they made it look bad on purpose, but it looks better and it seems more plausible. Oh, and and on the topic of found footage, that's one thing I liked about Blair Witch is that in a lot of other found footage movies, they, you always stumble. There's always this, like the stumbling block of like, why are they still filming? Drop the camera, get out of there. What are you doing? But in this one, it's like, like Heather is like lost her mind. She's so like tunnel vision focused on finishing this project that she like forces them to keep filming. They even like have a really, in my opinion, a really good scene where she has to, has to confront that. And she's like, she's kind of breaking down and then she's getting filmed. And they're they're calling her out on it, and I thought I really a, liked yeah. that scene. That yeah. was a really good touch. That's uh, that's honestly that's the uh, the next thing I was going to bring up about that like that for this movie. 
what they tried to do is that Heather's doing that school project and, you know, all shit's happening behind, you know, behind the scenes, you know, we can say, and she's just trying to continue filming because she knows like, it's not real. It's not real. You know, in her head, like if I'm filming, nothing bad can happen to me right now. Yeah. If I'm filming, nothing bad can happen. The only thing that annoyed me about that though, was that Mike was filming in the final scenes and like that one didn't make any sense to me because Mike was like adamant of like stop filming, you're stupid. Like, but then for suddenly in the final scenes, he's okay filming like that. (laughs) To me, I was kind of like, really? That seems odd that he suddenly is okay with it just because we're in the climactic scenes of the movie. Like I understood her continuing filming, even if it was pissing me off during it. Cause like she even said in the scenes, like this is all I have left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after this movie was filmed, the Maryland department of natural resources announced that it had to demolish the, the house. <laughs> Which, uh, that house was real. Like they just, yes, it was, uh, it's the, it, uh, was the Greg's house was located in, uh, Papa, whatever, somewhere. And it's in the 58 miles east of the Burkittsville. It was built in the 1800s and renovated in the 20th, 20th century. Um, the real life once, house sounds kind of spooky. <laughs> uh, Blair Ridge fans launched a fundraiser campaign, a petition to save the house, and the state agreed to grant the Griggs house to be reprived pending further evaluation. Uh, however, the reprieve was short-lived as the state did not uh, did in fact demolish the house without nice. public announcement. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of uh, one of those things that becomes public safety. It's like, what is it? There was like that bus that was in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. That was like, I oh, forget that, who. That dude, yeah. <laughs> like there was just, and people kept like trying to go find it and like dying trying to go yeah. find it. So they were Whoa. like, okay, we're taking this out of the middle of Alaska now. So people... Stop trying to find this thing and dying. Yeah, so we they, don't have to they, send folks out to find your stupid corpse. <laughs> they just they destroyed it all because of and uh, the rampant trespassing ghost hunter teams, thrill sh- seekers, and souvenir collectors. <laughs> nice. Nowadays, instead of destroying it, the state would turn it into like a way to make money. They would turn oh, yeah. it into like a public prop to make money. They would have roads into it. They would be like, oh, look, come make money for the state. Oh, yeah. Just Im- imagine the TikToks. <laughs> of course, then a TikToker would die and then they'd have to get rid of it. Yeah. That'd be, I wonder if there, there should be like a TikTok, found, a found TikTok horror movie. Uh, does <laughs> this exist? I don't know why this just popped into my head. Is there like an Airbnb for scary places? Like people own scary oh, places I'm and you can like rent to stay there for a night? I know there's Maybe. like haunted. You can look up like there's like haunted tours of the most haunted places. But that'd I know, be a good like, app. If people if they haven't started a scary B and B, which is what I would call it, the scare B and B. Scare B and B, dude. Um, <laughs> one, we need to cut this from the recording, and this will be our million dollar idea. We just Boom, let's go. We need to figure out our capital to start buying up scary places that we can then rent out. Yeah, so yes. go to go to scarebnb.com, use God. promo code fake movie experts for your first Jeez, two, we, we for first two nights out. We have, to, we have to edit this out. We'll have to get really good insurance because people dying at these events are just gonna make people want to come more. So it just kind of plays into our investment. 
Yeah, we'll have a, a hell of a hell of a paperwork. Yeah, people are going to have to sign very much a waiver that if you die, none of your family can sue us. You are, yeah. if the ghosts kill you, you have to not sue us. That's not our fault. You made this choice. So, oh, yeah. uh, the Blair Witch Project it, um, isn't really the first found footage movie to be made. There was one made in 19, 1980 called The Cannibal Holocaust. The movie's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about a movie about um, um, a small American film crew goes to the Amazon rainforest and come across uh, regions of indigenous uh, cannibalistic tribes. So there's all that. Now, I think that's the movie, unless you're about to say it, I'm sorry, but I think no. the, the director had to like prove to a court of law that the deaths weren't real in the movie. Yeah, Jesus. it is. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes, though? It's never the thing that makes it popular that was the first one. It's just, it's the thing that made it popular. They always, like, had the things that influenced them to do it, and it's just, it was the one that caught fire to make it popular. It's really mm-hmm. the first thing that makes something popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blood Witch is by far the most famous of the But films. it's crazy that it was, what, almost 20 years later, then the next found footage mm-hmm. movie came out after the, the cannibal holocaust and just like but yeah like i i can thoroughly remember after the movie everybody trying to make their own blair witch type movie uh the spoofs or like it was a craze for a while yeah this landed in scary movie like they made it to it made it to spoof movies like this movie the some of the scene like the snot scene is famous when she's like i'm so scared right now that you Love like yeah, you hadn't seen this movie, but just through cultural osmosis, Rick, you know, like knew about. Oh that yeah, scene. I knew that scene well, and seeing the scene in real life, like in the movie, like <laughs> situation, I'm like, this scene is really dumb and like <laughs> just stupid. Like she, you're a cinematographer, yet you don't center yourself on the camera, and like all that stuff. I'm just like, what? Like it was breaking my brain. Like it her, worked like, though. It was famous. Her story worked really well, like what she was trying to say. But like in my head, I'm like, you're a cinematographer. Like <laughs> even if you're breaking down, I feel like you'd still center yourself in the frame. And we can get we can give her props for that because she did that herself. Like her own monologue, she did that herself. Uh, this movie didn't come out parody movies such as the Bogus Witch Project, the Tony <laughs> oh, Blair, oh, the man. Tony Blair Tony Witch Blair. Project, nice. the Blair Thumb. And some porno movies as uh, the Erotic Witch Project. Uh, so that's the part of this now that we need to watch for the next film. All right. And the end. <laughs> you can write this one down, Keith. The Bear Winch Project. Mm, that one's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> the Bear Winch. The Maybe more I think about it, the funnier I think it is. It, it is. I think that's hilarious. The Bear Winch Project. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but Not yeah, sure like, what a wench has to do with like actually parodying the movie. Besides, you just got it kind of close to the title, but I'll allow it. Like, so we talked about how far. good this. We, we talked about how good this movie was, right? However, it was nominated for a couple Razzies. Interesting for that year. Interesting. It was nominated for worst picture. What? Wow. <laughs> that's bold 
with the movies such as uh, including Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, The Haunting, Big Daddy, and Wild Wild West. I've seen every movie. <laughs> yes, I, have I feel like Wild Wild West kind of deserved, but like. Even Phantom Menace like wasn't a god awful movie enough to be a yeah. rat. It's not a no, cat woman. I mean, like people liked it. <laughs> I mean, I still like episode oh, yeah. one when I go it's, back and watch it. It has some of the more iconic Starfighter or Starfighter. It has uh lightsaber duels in it. Yeah, it's far better than seven, eight, nine. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how much better one, two, and three look now, having yeah. seen seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> uh well, Wild Wild West one worst picture. That's fair. I still love that movie with a passion, but that's fair. Yeah, there's a scene uh, where Salma Hayek's butts hanging out of pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> we also get um, Heather. She won Worst Actress. So they won. They're just not like bad movies in 1999. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, 1999 she was, was a fantastic movie year. She was nominated with Mel- Melanie Griffin in Crazy in Alabama, Mila Jolovich. And the Messenger, the story of Joan Arc, Sharon Stone and Gloria, and Catherine Zeta Jones in Entrapment and The Haunting. Is this when the Razzies were more just trying to like be assholes instead of yes. like an actual thing like it is now? Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I like it sounds the like they just this don't is, like horror movies. This is, this is breaking my heart. <laughs> I, I like the Razzies. I think they can. In the 2001, and this is the 2000 uh, Razzies, Wild Wild West. Uh, had the most nominations of nine, and they won five of them. This seems like it was when it was more mean spirited instead of like an actual critique of the movie industry. Yes, <laughs> like worst original song was Wild Wild West. What? Fuck that's, that's that song is wrong. awesome. <laughs> that's like, the song only slaps. You can only say that's the, the only yeah. charts and prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, for that year, Wild Wild West with nine. Uh, Phantom Menace with seven, The Haunting, Big Daddy with five, and Blair Rich had two. Yeah, that kind of blows my mind because, like, I actually think of the Razzies as like a legitimate thing nowadays, where they yeah. just kind of like actually critique critique the movie industry. Yeah, no, it's just them uh, for this time just making fun of the movies. Interesting, but uh, yeah, this. Like for this whole movie itself, it's just you know, watching in twenty twenty one. It's just like, nah, it's not that scary anymore. <laughs> it definitely loses, and also just being older, like I think, has a big thing about it. And it's one of those movies that you really don't have to watch again now, just because of the fact you know what's going to happen. Of nothing, nothing, a little, 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 little ending. Mm-hmm. It gets more and more and more. Hey, so. We haven't talked about the stick figures yet. The stick figures are all just as famous as anything else. Involved oh, yeah. In the stick I would figures almost say they're the most famous. Yeah. Thing. Like, I would say it's the stick figures, the up the nose scene. And, and then the probably corner, the, the ending. Yeah, the standing in the corner. Like that would that was going to be the next one I went with. Yeah, like, those, seen... like uh, those are the memorable parts of the movie. Yeah, a, a bunch of those. So I, I referenced all the shitty found footage movies I watched before. So many of them do that like abrupt ending where it just goes quiet, where you just hear a thud, and then the, the credits roll. Like that's a like yeah, that's very common now. <laughs> it is now, but at the time, that's yeah. the first time uh-huh. I can think of someone yeah. getting knocked out off camera and then going thin. You know, <laughs> and like in the moment, I was like, that was stupid. But like as I keep thinking back to it, like. It also makes a lot of sense to pull that because it gets people to talk. 
Yeah. And to be honest, sometimes that's like not having a hard ending is the best thing you can do. Like even now people continue to talk and bitch about the Sopranos ending. Cause you don't have that finite ending to talk about. Mm-hmm. So it's just everyone talking about what they think happened or just mm-hmm. either being happy with how it ended or pissed off with how it ended. Yeah. Sometimes having the kind of like open ended ending is the best way to go. And I think the director, like the more I think about it, like, it really was a good cap to the movie because it's that always that question of like, well, what was really happening? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. It's it's sort of it's totally unrelated to horror, but they do that in No Country for Old Men. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but at the yeah, very yeah. end of the movie, it's just like the middle of a Tommy Lee Jones speech, and then he like reaches sort of a like a the end of a sentence in the speech, and there's no music and no build up or anything, and the credits just roll and it's silent. And it was it's it's, it's, it's a very powerful moment. It's cool when movies can do it right. We'll do it well. Yeah, like it can like it can be really bad sometimes because people are just like, well, that was bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna um, go with this one worked. This one actually worked yeah. really well. The more like the more I think about it, and this is gonna be one of those rare times where I'm actually gonna go up with my rating the more we've talked about it. Keith, nice. you've talked me into this <laughs> actually being a pretty good like psychological thriller. Or so much it, at it, the mother. Imagine the powerful witch. <laughs> Like no, no uh, that's so, stupid. That that's not working. No, the pa- powerful so, witch theory holds water. <laughs> yes, uh, it's so powerful that the mother of Heather got sympathy cards because people thought, "Hell yeah, she was dead." Also, the scene of them, the tent shaking, was unscripted, so nice. the actors did not know about it. <laughs> so once uh, that was their actual shock, and you know, uh, because of they not knowing that that the tent was going to be shook. So more and more, the more Joe keeps dropping these hints in the movie, the directors were stupid and awful and bad at what they were trying to do. And these three actors did an amazing job of making this movie good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like that was one of my least favorite scenes in the movie of just the scratching tent. Like that was so stupid and not scary and just kind of like funny, really. Yeah, you hear the kids' voices in the back. Yeah, that was just production uh, crews walking around the, uh, to make all those noises. Like that work. Like the hearing noises, hearing like soft echoes in the woods, that's freaky and spooky. But like, first of all, them also turning on the camera instantly as the things getting scratched and then sprinting. Like (sighs) that scene was a complete flop. That was easily (laughs) the worst scene in the entire movie. Did you read that it was just a they were they were using a like it's just a shitty boombox and they were walking around? Yeah, for the kids' noises, (laughs) probably. But yeah, you know, it's like you have all that because then. The fun, the com- climactic scene. It's like, you know, they hear Josh screaming in the corner, like in the woods. Never like find him, though. Never yeah. find him. Never find him. Um, <laughs> that's I, I, <laughs> I will tease you here because one, once we get to the budget and all that, I can gross. I can tell you this film was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the top budget box office ratio for a mainstream film. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, this budget could not have been very large. No. So, That's boys, impressive. let's get to that budget then. Are, are we done? Anything else? I just wanted to throw in one last one last shout out to the yeah. like the, the production of this movie. And that the forest itself, they chose a great place to shoot. It was creepy. That was a creepy ass woods. It's in Maryland, so yeah. I think woods in general. If you're just lost in the woods, is a creepy thing. It's that's what really plays to the fight or flight like 
Uh-huh. Not knowing where you are, especially in the dark. Like just the human psyche is so ingrained in us that in the dark, not knowing where we are, creepy noises, like it's playing to the primal part of our brains. That's mm-hmm. like that is when people die. That is when children are lost. Oh, yeah. Like that is the deep ingrained in our just like it's the secondary emotions of life. That thing where like you've driven a road mm-hmm. so many times you don't even think about it anymore. And sometimes mm-hmm. you get there and you're like, what have I been doing? Like um, it's the stuff that's so deep in there. You don't even have to think about it to freak you out. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, I love this. Yeah. That's why this movie gets to me. I mean, it's not terribly scary, but when, when I sit back and look at it, it's like the Hansel and Gretel story, the Hansel, like the Hansel and Gretel, like which in the woods story always gets me. It's like, ugh. What are they doing out there? That's creepy. They're getting lured out there. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a perfect Buy candy. Uh, this mo- you this movie. Some candy? Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Uh, this movie <laughs> did come out comic books after because of how popular it got. Um, then came out some video games. In 2019, they came out with a, a movie, a game called Just Blur Witch, a first person survival horror game. That game's tight. <laughs> and then in 2015 they came out with a movie called the woods movie it was a it's a full-length documentary exploring the production of this movie interesting very cult classic status for this yeah. movie yes without question so the budget for this movie was only sixty thousand dollars damn jesus so like the actors didn't get paid anything for this yeah <laughs> remember it was for a school project so they probably got paid for nothing so yeah wait was the actual like making of this movie a school no, project no oh, okay no. just playing into the movie yeah uh so let's go with the gross of this movie domestically this movie got 140 million dollars internationally 108 million so worldwide 248 million god damn wow so, dude, and that's 1999 numbers. Like that's yeah. a lot. So, yeah, that's crazy. The film the co- budget thing goes this. The film cost 60,000 make and made back 248 million. The ratio is if $1 spent for every 10,931 <laughs> made. It's a good investment. <laughs> yes. That's so, impressive. Let's go to the box office, and this is really interesting. For so July, just real quick, two hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars in nineteen ninety nine is equivalent to over four hundred million dollars today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the box office for July sixteenth through the eighteenth of the year nineteen ninety nine, the Blair Rich comes out at number sixteen. Wow. Well, yeah, because that it's makes still a sense. Horror movie. Well, it's also like this was, like you said, Keith, this was a big word of mouth build. Mm-hmm. Like, so, it but the thing is going this. up. Came in 16 with 1.5 million. The following week, it goes to 17, so it goes down. But then for the next two weeks, it's at number two. Weird. At 29 million and 24 million. So it, it starts at 16, 17, number two, number two. <clears throat> So it makes it's that word of mouth that you know you should go see this movie because I honestly I can't think of another movie anyway that 
it starts out poorly and then it moves up the box office. Oh, it's because yeah, the, that's, that's a there's burn. a lot of word of mouth movies in my mind. Like John Wick is a word of mouth movie. The first one was, and that still went like number one when it first came out. Although that word of mouth a, travels at the speed of light nowadays. Yeah, yeah, with tech, all with yeah. social media and stuff. But but still, this is 1999, so this is someone using a pager. You know. Like, hey. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to the box office for the first week since it got 16. At number 10 in its fifth week with 4.8 million Muppets from Space. <laughs> nice. Also, crazy when you think about it, that's 17 at 1.7 million. 1.7 million would be like the fourth biggest movie on a weekend nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number nine in its uh, uh, ninth, uh, fifth week <laughs> with 5.2 million, The General's Daughter. I think that's a Travolta movie. It sounds right. Number eight in its ninth week with 5.6 million, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. That's been there for a while, but. <laughs> Number six in its first week with 8.5 million, The Wood. Nice. The Omar Epps. Yeah. Uh, number six, sorry, The Wood seven. Six is uh, in its first week with 7.5 million, Tarzan. <laughs> the, the, the Phil Collins one? Ours. Is, am I the Brendan Fraser one? No, oh. it's the it's the Disney one. There's the co- the comic. Yeah, yeah, it is the yeah. Uh, number five in its third week with ten million. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Number four in its fourth week with ten point four million. Big Daddy. Ooh, this is the that's sort of the start of the decline of Adam Sandler. Number three in its first week with 10.9 million, Lake Placid. Oh, God. I hadn't thought of that. How was that movie not in the Razzies? Like, that feels like way more of a Razzies movie than a lot of the other things. Uh, Blair Wish, uh, End of Days, uh, no Lake Placid. (laughs) Nope. Coming in number two, at number two, last week's number one with 13 million. American Pie. Wow. Oh, that'd be a fun series. <laughs> we don't do the Stifler spinoffs. It's just the, the core. Yeah, four. it would just be the, the core ones. Yeah. Those are movies that I think would not age well. It would be oh, very no. like cringy to go back and watch now. Oh, I'm that sure that a- is why IFC has American Pie 1, 2, and American Wedding all on uh, on that one. Especially uh, when he uses his <clears throat> fucking webcam to record a girl changing. Like That is not not okay oh and there's a lot of like it's cute. more tamer than what uh revenge the nerds or animal house gave us i oh, mean yeah. that is straight up rape that they just sign off that good sex <laughs> is okay well and then back then there's there was a lot of that like the, the gay scare stuff but it's like ew gay stuff <laughs> in, in those american pie movies so that means that number one in its first week with 21 million eyes wide shut oh shit yeah wow. kubrick so that was like still- the first filmed sex scene or something. Or it's like it was big because they had sex on camera. <laughs> mm. So let's go to the ratings. IMDb gave this movie a 6.5 out of 10. All critics from Rotten Tomato gave this an 86. Top critics gave this a 94. Audience, 56. That's funny. Although. 
all the artsy fartsy people liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a, I've got my, this, this was an interesting Roger Ebert one. Roger Ebert came back to life to give us this review because he was actually alive at the time. And this, I remember this move, this review was of note because it was a, first of all, it was, it's a four star review, four out of four from Roger Ebert. He doesn't do that very much. And especially for horror movies, but he gave it four stars. And uh, I got one little passage at a time when digital techniques can show us almost anything. The Blair Witch Project is a reminder that what really scares us is the stuff we can't see. The noise in the dark is almost, is almost always scarier than what makes the noise in the dark. Oh, he liked it. My biggest like nail on the head for that too is Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> How, like that movie Jeepers, is terrifying Creepers. until you actually see the villain, and then you're like, "This isn't scary anymore." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I found some more little things before we move on about alternate footage and stuff, and it's just basically them saying goodbye. Or since this movie had so many cuss words, they would dub "fuck you" with "let's go." Oh, that's funny. So when when they're fighting and stuff, and they continue saying "fuck you, fuck you," it's no "let's go, let's go." So, <laughs> um, it's like a, it's a '90s way to start a fight. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to our own rankings. Since um, not much to rank here, we're a new best crew, spooky moment, and best villain, and overall movie. So since we're only have the one crew, it would be the number one. Oh yeah. The Mike and Heather and Josh were great. They were all just yeah. like, they're all kind of like normal looking. Just like, they look like people you'd run into on the street. Yeah. Have, have the, like boring clothes on. It's so you guys, very Oregonian hipster. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah. So in your guys' mind, what's the most spooky moment? Spookiest moment. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, when I was young and saw it, the, the discovering the teeth and the bloody teeth inside the rag got me. But I think now watching it, it's uh, the the discovery of the house. That's what I yeah, go to so, as well. Yeah. So the end? Yeah, I guess that'd be the end. Like Because the when they find this house, that's like, what the hell? Oh my God, there's a house here? Also, it, I might be confusing with like the newer one from trailers from the newer one. I thought they found Josh, like just huddling in a corner at some point. They tried to talk to him and he wasn't responsive. I maybe I'm have, confusing that with something else, but like I think you're confusing. I thought there was else. more to the house scene than what it ended up being. No, it's just Josh's screams luring them to, and then that was about it. Mm-hmm. So, best villain, what do we say? The forest, the. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the Blair Witch. It's yeah. just we don't like get a real in depth look at her. Yeah, yeah. It's the there's the serial killer they reference. I forget the name of the serial killer. Uh, what is it? So rusty rustic, car or something? Rusty something. I I had it somewhere. Well, that was my biggest question. Is like, is the Blair Witch like some weird demon incarnate spirit of that person? Or was, as you said, Keith, and now has me thinking it, did the Blair Witch just, like, encompass that guy? I think encompass. And, and kill all those kids. I think it's the encompass part. Yeah, like, do a pull on the puppet strings from behind the scenes. Well, boys and girls, we won't know until maybe when we get to the sequel, as this is the end for this Blair, for the Blair Witch Project, as we're moving on to our next movie. 
the Book of Shadows. But let's get some Stargazers going on. He actually remembered this time, Keith. I thought he was going to do it again. Yeah, those stars nope. aren't going to glaze themselves. No, I, I remember the stars. Let's so. glaze those stars. <laughs> so, so since gross. this is the <laughs> first movie, Keith, what do you give the Blair Witch Project? Okay. So it's uh the the sticks are famous. This movie has a warm place in my heart. Like I've got a I've got big time nostalgia bias going on because it's old and it's famous and I like it. I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go four stars. Okay, Keith. Uh this interesting. Rick. Uh I'm not gonna go that high. I will say off of the first watching, I was coming in at like a two star. But this was a really fun movie to talk about. Like there was a lot that went on where you could do in-depth conversations. And that really plays into how well this movie did through the word of mouth talk. I've come all the way up to a three star. I think like they did enough to make it really fun to talk about, to fan theorize. And that, that's, um, that's enough to me. To also make me want to rewatch it at some point to try and like find other small things in there. <laughs> so I'm going to go three stars. I will be going three stars as well. Um, it was enjoyable, but also boring at the same time. It was a good um, go down memory lane because of being so not afraid of the the first time watching, but the thrill of maybe being scared was the idea and then was somewhat scared the first time, but this time around, it's just like a lot of yelling in the forest, a lot. So three stars for me. That brings the Blair witch project in at 3.3 stars, putting it around such movies as hot fuzz and legally blonde. Uh, (laughs) Damn it. So, Joe tried, bring, Joe, Joe tried his damnedest to ruin Legally Blonde for us. I'll do it again, <laughs> goddammit. I'll do it again. You know what? Here, I'm really going to crush Joe's soul right now. Both Legally Blonde and The Blair Witch Project are higher rated than The Fast and the Furious. Uh, <laughs> Wait, uh, the, like Fast and Furious 1? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that only came and in And you were all about that one, Rick. How dare you? How I love fucking... the movie, but it's not a good movie. Oh, yeah. You. One, yeah. One's probably the best Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Let's go back. You can go back. You can go back and listen to uh, what we thought of all the Fast and Furious movies on this lovely podcast, the Fake Movie Experts. So this brings an end to the Blair Witch. As I said, now we're moving on to Blair Witch Two, but it's called The Book of Shadows: Blair Witch Two. And this is going to be a different take because it's not a found footage one. I'm so excited uh, for this next to live. And it's funny too because it comes out in 2000. So literally a year later, we have another Blair Witch movie. This is like the like look up in the dictionary of some a movie makes a ton of money. Let's quickly flip it to make even more money again. And then not. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, two is. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about that. that movie's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. This looks interesting. <laughs> don't, don't, don't read too much about it. I'm not reading too much into it. 
if it's a so, uh, pretend corn and Limp Biscuit combined and were a movie. <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to grade corn or Limp Biscuit. So how dare you? Oh, and POD is it? Wow, this soundtrack slaps. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we'll find out next week here on Fake Movie Experts. You can go to nocellentertainment.com to find all of our podcasts and blogs. You can follow all of us on any social media website. Keith, even on those uh, dating, the farmer date ones, all that good stuff. You're on those two, right, Keith? Yeah, find me on ScareBnB. <laughs> Keith, <laughs> is, we don't have licensing for it yet. God damn it. Yeah, no, while we were recording, I hopped on the phone. Oh, I hope so. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. We're good now. <laughs> Go to nosellentertainment.com, social medias. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm sorry. We're watching what exactly next? <laughs> <laughs>